And it's always a privilege to open up the Word of God. And I've been tracking with you. I was sitting with your leadership team uh, about a year and a half ago. And we were talking together. I think it was at Mark and Rhonda's house. And we were talking. They said, do you have anything in your heart that you believe that the Lord uh, wants you to say to us? And I said, well, you know, I just happen to have something in the bottom of my heart. this thing? Is this working okay? Yeah. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, exactly. Could you please erase that from the tape? Thank you very much. I watch you guys almost every week, so I'm, I'm pretty connected uh, with you. If I don't get you Sunday, I get you some other time. I want to see how much heresy this guy is speaking so that I can Last week, I was going to throw a cannonball uh, when he talked about no allowances. I thought, oh, my goodness gracious. He stopped preaching, and he started meddling now, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, so I've been tracking along, but I, I said, yeah, I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit has said, you need to revisit your values as you move into your future. So I've been tracking with you as all the values that Kevin have been sharing and whoever else is Barry and um, forget who all has been on the scene. Uh, Mark sharing the values of this house. Values are very important. They're the things that we esteem the highest. And as a result of that, the things that you uh, value in life, you really do what you value, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. We end up doing what we value in the core of our being. And so as I have tracked with you on all these uh, different values that you've been working out. I'll look at it in just a moment. My assignment is maturity, a kingdom value. Well, if I were to begin to think about maturity, I said, oh Lord, where do I begin with this subject? Because just to, if I could put this whole message in a sentence, who would like it in a sentence and you go home? Anybody? Sure. Maturity is this word of God. Anything you and I can extrapolate from God's word will cause us to mature and to grow and to develop as an individual and as a believer in the kingdom of God. So the centrality of his word is central to uh, what maturity is. My, my privilege is this, is my mother and father were mature followers of Jesus Christ. So they raised up five children to serve the Lord and to walk in spiritual maturity. My dad would was no nonsense with dad that character was always first before gifts. That's one of the most important things that we must understand in a Pentecostal charismatic community that love the gifts of God. We must realize that God is more interested in what he's doing in us than what he's doing through us. And he's trying to shape us and mold us after his likeness because at the end of the day, we're all pursuing to be like Jesus Christ, the son of God. Is that not true? Someone said years ago, the closer you get to the original, the better will be the reproduction. Write that one down and take it into your memory bank and put it or let it be written on the tables of your heart. The closer I get to the original, that's been my pursuit all my life. When I heard Paul say to Timothy years ago, but in the scripture, but thou, O man of God, I, I went into that and said, that's what I want to be. I want to be a man that knows God. Anybody else in the house here today? And one of the first books that I read back in the 70s was Knowing God by J.I. Packer because I had this thirst to know God, to know his wisdom, this incredible passion that God put in my heart to pursue the wisdom of God every day of my life. I have prayed for wisdom more than I prayed for any any other thing in my journey because I found out that wisdom is really the bedrock of all Christian maturity. What does it mean to be wise? It means this ability, it's the ability that uh, God gives to us to think, 
the way that he thinks, to act the way that he would act, to react the way that he would react. And I had the privilege of having a wise father. Not many of us maybe have had a wise father, but my father was filled with the spirit of counsel and the spirit of wisdom that you can find in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, verse number two and three. When the sevenfold anointing that rested on the Messiah is the same sevenfold anointing that's alive and well on the inside of us and it's just waiting to find itself and get out of us into culture and release itself in seven ways. When I begin to look at the subject of maturity, I realize that there's, there is so much that can be said about the subject of maturity. I believe that it's a major value in the kingdom of God. A maturity improves the ability to make good decisions. Maturity is the ability to make wise choices to bring more stability in life overall. Maturity, when working in it, will be gone, will be the flurry of bad relationships and iffy decisions and wild nights out and horrible jobs that we settle into. Because as we settle down into the wisdom of God and pursue maturity, life becomes that much more stable and consequently easier to handle. These principles that you have been working through, transcendence, freedom, service-based power, harvest, results-based reality, division of labor, separation of powers, localism, jurisdictional government, bridge of trust, justice and equality, and maturity. Basically, if we want to mature, take a hold of those 12 things. Those 12 things, those 12 values there, if we can get a understanding a comprehension and a workable posture towards those 12 things. Kevin has not presented them to you to impress you with those things. But as a part of Statesman International, we have embraced these 12 things in our lives personally so that we can uh, are able to hopefully not only minister to them, but live them out. So today is about maturity. And Kevin, I have really appreciated the message that has come over the last number of months and I follow with great interest. Mature, what does it mean? It means to be fully developed physically. It means growing up, it means fully developed. It means having reached the most advanced stage in the process of life or whatever process you are in. It means having gone under maturation. It means that we have ripened. It means that we are relatively advanced physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In the book of Hebrews over the years, I've had fun with there's a 15 heads of lettuce in the book of Hebrews. What I mean by that is not lettuce that you eat, but there's 15 times the writer of the book of Hebrews said, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise. And here is one in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, let us go on unto maturity. So Paul is writing to the Hebrew believers at that time, and he is inviting them to something that they can pursue. When I begin to think of the whole aspect of maturity, I think of life. I think of the way the baby uh, is formed in the womb. Just have a look at the formation of that beautiful little creature from fetal growth from 8 to 40 weeks Take a look at what that embryo looks like at, in the eighth week and follow it all the way. When I was ministering years ago, I used to bring those clay fetuses and preach with them in front of me because I value life so much, because God values life so much, and I value everything that God values. Amen. Is that not how we come into alignment today? Whatever he values, we value. Right. Amen? Amen? So as a result of that, when we look at this, there's some pictures to give us a, uh, an idea over here. This is from uh, from heading towards adulthood. And you can see where it starts and how it talks about the size of the head when you're little and how it grows up, grows up, and how it comes into proportion on the body. And this is called the process of life. We're all growing. From the womb, we've all been growing. And this little guy is two, maybe four, maybe six, maybe eight, maybe 10, whatever it may be. But you notice the arrow and the heads at the bottom the essence of this is that we must be moving forward, onward and upward in our journey of faith. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. And a praise the Lord. There might be one of those there's as well. But when we begin to picture our growth, we're not satisfied. 
if something's not growing or wondering why my baby's not growing, is there something wrong with it? You know, oh, this is not happening. You know, I planted this in the garden and it's not growing. What's wrong with the soil? We're really concerned for a lack of growth. Is that not true? My business is not doing what I think it should do. My business is not growing. What's, what's going on in my business that there's no growth? Doesn't matter where we are in the process of life and maturity. We're all maturing at something. Those of you that have started businesses in the last number of years, you've probably learned a lot of lessons in your first five years of things you would not do again. Any hands raised in the room, you wouldn't do again, right? Because we've learned through the process of maturation what we shouldn't do, and now we're embracing some of the things that we should do. The same in faith. There are so many things that we get to embrace as a cardinal value in the kingdom of God. Principles of the kingdom. I would like to just focus on the centrality of the scripture this morning. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. It says you need milk and not solid food. I cannot count on how many people have said that they want to leave churches because they're not being fed. That becomes one of the biggest lines. Well, you know, I just wasn't being fed. You know, I'm just not being fed and not being, I've heard this now for 48 years. I'm just not being fed. So my response after hearing it a few times, I said, have you ever embraced self-feeding? How long would you tolerate your child not feeding itself? Yeah, maybe one or two years, maybe two and a half, maybe that. But you're wanting them to grow up and become mature and work on all the dexterity that is necessary to be able to feed themselves. And many times, the body of Christ, we do not know what it means to self-feed. Would you like me to give you an example? How do I self-feed? I read the Word of God. Number two, I listen to godly music. Listen, if you are what you eat, you are what you're listening to. And some of our maturity is not things that we're going to do. They're things that we need to eradicate from our journey so that we can move on to maturity in Christ. And that's a good place for someone to say, praise the Lord. So when we, when we journey in, in this thing called faith, the Word of God is central. I would believe that this series that Kevin Dowling and the team have been sharing with you some of the meteor principles of God's Word that are very relevant to culture right now and highly authentic. We got a culture right now that is redefining authenticity. Accept me as I am and then you'll be authentic. No, line yourself up with the word of God and you will be authentic. So we've got a distortion that's happening in culture with things called relevancy and authenticity. This is the authentic word of God. It ever lives. It's never going to change for anybody. It doesn't matter the culture, the minority group. It does not matter because it is the word of God and it's going to stand forever and ever. But the people that have been deceived and gone off track in COVID just absolutely overwhelms me. But I realize they're not rooted. Our responses of offend and being offended. My Lord God, we realize that we're about this thick in our journey of Christ. We're, we're responded like children throughout COVID and not like mature adults. We, well, I'm just not, you know, on all these things, I then, wow, no wonder he, Jesus isn't coming for maybe a thousand years. Did I just say that? Because of the state of the church. Just one thing, there's five things that let us know that he's not coming. That's not a message you're hearing on YouTube these days, are you? We're all getting, we're concerned about the Antichrist. Hey, the spirit of Antichrist has been in the world for thousands of years. Let's understand that. And so when we begin to look at why are we fearful of the Antichrist spirit, we need to be focusing on the Christ. He's already won. He's already resurrected from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is waiting for the Father to say, go get your bride. And why can't the Father say to the Son, go get your bride because of the condition of the bride? We're to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So we just take a look at our own lives and say, oh God, I need to go on to maturity. I need to be on my face, sucking up carpet and humbling myself in the presence of God and repenting for the things that I need to repent of. 
The word must be central to everything we are. If we're going to go on to maturity, the worst thing that any spiritual leader could have in a congregation is, this, is for people to think they're mature when they're not. Let's do an analysis this morning. That's a new analysis on our Christian behavior, our Christian speech, what we're listening to, where we're going, how we're treating our family members, how dishonest are we in business. All of these things speak of the maturity that God is calling us to as a child of God, as one who represents him in the kingdom of God. It says anyone who lives on milk is still being an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. And I'm not going to go there because Kevin has a great message on righteousness. Just listen to that one more time. Anyone who lives on milk. Isn't it something over the process of life as we as adults, we move away from milk? There's probably many adults in this room that you don't touch milk at all unless it's milk in your tea or unless it's a hot chocolate or unless it's cream in your coffee. Would that be pretty honest? Isn't it interesting how we move away from milk even in the natural? Now, I, I don't. I have milk every day because I love cereal. Anybody here like cereal? Oh, I like cereal, a couple of cereals together. Blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. I love the whole thing. It looks like, it looks like a breakfast dessert, but boy, is it ever delicious. And it's got bran on there. You know what that does for us, right? It keeps us moving in the right direction, right? And so when we look at this, uh, we, we've got to move on from infancy, Let me move on to the scripture, but solid food is for the mature. Kevin's message and your teams have been about calling all 11 of those messages have been about calling the body into maturity. You say, how do I know when I've matured? When we become reproductive reproducers in the kingdom of God. When we begin to replicate ourselves in the lives of others and in our communities. Is that not true? And so what happens is nobody's, we're not writing exams to see how we're doing in our journey of spiritual maturity, but the bottom line is there, the jury is out as to how are we growing or are we growing. It says here, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. People of God, are we able to distinguish from good and evil right now? Because there's been a crossover. Evil has become good right now in, in Ontario, in Canada, and good has become evil. We've crossed over. Are we able to discern that? That's part of our maturing process to be able to discern that which is distinguished from that which is good and that which is evil. Do we, any of us believe that through this whole process that we could have possibly been greatly deceived? But it's only going to be those that are in the word and are tracking with the spirit of God that are able to discern those kinds of things. They're all available for every one of us. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, let us move on beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward into maturity. So for me, maturity is about a moving forward. Let me add to not only the word of God, but the fivefold uh, grace impact on maturity in the kingdom of God. Look at what it says. It says here in Ephesians 4 and verse 11, so Christ gave, him, gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. He gave five, not two, not three, not four, not one. None of that, right? He gave five. To do what? Kevin said it last week, but I'm, I'm on the same page, so I'm going the same way. To equip his, equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up or edified. We have felt that the number one thing of a five-fold minister is to preach and teach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that's very important. But the first thing that the resurrected Christ said is we are to be equippers. The number of spiritual leaders that do not understand what it means to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry is over the moon. We don't understand the term. We don't understand the principle when really it's a blending together of an artisan and a craftsman. So we take the artisan's understanding and a craftsman's understanding. We weave it together and we invest in the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry gifts, we are kingdom investors. That's who we are. Can somebody say amen to that? That's what it's all about. It's about investing in the kingdom of God. For years, I'd, I'd come up to men and women and say, can I spend a year with you and invest in you? I've had no one ever say no. 
Because people are waiting to be invested in. Are you investment worthy this morning? Am I investment worthy? So that people can take us under our arms and begin to pour into us and invest in us as the children of God and as the people of God. So we equip God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up or edified. What does it say here? Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And here it is. And become mature. And become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Sherry, I was reading that this week and I, I, I spun out on that word right there. The fullness of Christ. Can you imagine that we have an opportunity to go forward to mature to the place to begin to know the fullness of Christ? Anybody interested in that? So that we'll not only talk about him, but we'll look like him, we'll act like him, and we'll literally replicate him in the culture in which we live in. It says here, then we'll be no longer infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by the wind of teaching, by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. Jesus Christ. Let's not do him a disservice by continually to be immature. Let's do him a great service and let's take the work of the Spirit. Let's take the power of his word. Let's take the fellowship of believers. Let's take all of faith and work it so that we can grow up into him who is the head. Isn't that incredible? Come on now. Now the five-fold ministry gives, how do they work? Well, this is, this is our job. Do I put it in a sentence? Fivefold ministry gifts are to mature the body of Christ. Bottom line. Spiritual chiropractors in the kingdom helping to adjust the saints of God into the work of the ministry, to help them to grow through counsel, through love, through wisdom and all these things, helping them to nurture them in their journey of faith with the Lord. One of the things that I believe that the Lord allows us to do as, a, as, as kingdom chiropractors is work to adjust the saints, but many saints do not want to be adjusted. Many people don't like chiropractors. And while I love God because he's the divine chiropractor, sometimes I lay down in his presence and I say, go ahead, do your thing. Adjust me. Bring me into a line, Holy Spirit. Would you bring me into alignment with your word and with your spirit? And we've got to give him permission because he's not going to violate my will. That's a pretty decent God, don't you think? When I look at the fivefold ministries, I would maybe rest my case on this. One of the major reasons for immaturity in the body of Christ around the world is because of the lack of the influence and the release and the, the anointing is in the gifts of these five gifts. We've operated in Canada without apostles and prophets predominantly for the last 70 years. How's the body of Christ ever going to come to maturity without these two gifts? It's an impossibility because we're part of the headship gifts. We're part of those grace gifts is given. So the reason that we have and what has happened, we've, we've had government, our, our local church government. It's not biblical. So when a local church biblical is, is, is not, local church government is not biblical, how do we ever, how do we ever really see the manifestation of the glory of God? Because we have things that are impeding the progress of the maturity that God wants to bring to his people. We impede the process. So you have been working on your government over the last number of years in this house to make the necessary changes to come into alignment with what the scripture says. And I, I commend you for that. Because the thing of it is, if the head is sick, the body can never be whole. If the, the head, the headship gifts in the church, we haven't believed in them for years. There may be those, I just had one of our pastors last week just taken to task because he spoke about apostles a week ago Sunday morning and a congregational member just took him out for lunch and just, just took him to task. You don't believe in that. He said, well, sir, I just believe in the word of God. Chapter and verses all through it. It's mentioned 70 times. Pastor is mentioned once. We call everybody pastor. Sherry's not a pastor. We call her pastor. She's not a pastor. Jesus is a prophetic handmaiden of God. Her name's Sherry. If you receive her and get the title on the back end of her name, not on the front end, so she can become everything God wants her to become. Not Prophet Barry. It's Barry who operates in prophetic ministry. You say, Ken, you're being technical. Yes. 
Because nowhere in the scripture does title precede the name of any leader. Rather, it is a function to be apostolic, to be prophetic, to be evangelistic, to be a pastor, to be a teacher. It's New Testament function. And what I've just said there is about the body of Christ growing up and maturing. We need to drop some titles. We need to drop some things because, you know, our Bible colleges in Canada, probably 80% of them are turning out pastors, pastor, pastor. Just bring them because we don't understand that there's five. There's five gifts that Jesus gave. He didn't give one, two, three. He said, Ken, you said that. I know. But he didn't give one, two, three, or four. He gave five. For who? Can somebody yell on the count of three, me? One, two, three. The body of Christ. The most selfish thing you could do is pray for the release of these gifts so that you can be equipped and be built up and become more mature in expanding the kingdom of God in this region. And I said amen to myself this morning. Let's go to the third part here. The maturity, the process of kingdom values that work in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness or as Christ comes, what is in part disappears. And here it comes. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I acted like a child. I did everything. But when I became a man, male or female, when I matured, I put the ways of childishness and childhood behind. If that has not happened in our lives, then we know where we are this morning. Isn't that a great verse? That a great portion of scripture. When I was a child, this is what I did. I thought, dad, 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 mom, 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 yeah, dad, dad, you know, we talked like a child, you know, and I thought like a child, you drive over there so far can we even drive over to the moon I thought like a child because they don't understand gravity and proximity and all these kinds of things and then I reasoned like a child you know you're not being fair you're 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 showing partiality to my brother he gets more than I'm getting and and that's called childish reasoning that would never happen in our adult life would it that would never happen in a marriage would it Listen, man, I sat in a marriage counseling center one day and, and the husband and wife were having a difficult time. They had two beautiful children and the wife just hawks up and spits right in her husband's face, sitting right in front of me. I didn't learn about how to respond to that in counseling 101. Hey, Ken, what did you do? Go ahead, ask him, what did I do? I bowed my head like a baby on the, on the table and I wept. I wept. Immaturity. That's in our homes. The lack of being mature men and mature women in the house, in our own homes. I, I, I wept. The children were sitting outside being looked after by my personal assistant. I bowed my head. I took their hands and said, not forgiveness. What has he done? What have you done to one another that merits that you would pursue divorce? What would do that? What, what divisions come into your heart that you would want to go that way? Second and third marriages are not all that easy. I get an amen in the room. Blended families are not all that easy. Help me. It's the truth. How do we rectify the spirit of divorce in the land? We choose to love the one that we chose to love and work through the difficulties. That's maturity. Now I'm not talking about abuse and all those kinds of things that go on. No, I'm covering that one up. But literally, we get an opportunity to work things through. That's called growing up. That's called maturity. That's called moving on. That's called working things through. Is this helping anybody when I became a man, I put away the ways of childishness behind me. How many have seen adults act just like kids? I've been in board meetings. Men want their own way at a board table. One guy got up, hit his hand on the table. You know, he's going to, and my pastor said to him, if you leave by walking in that room, that's, I take your resignation right now. He had to grow that man up. He had to grow that man up. 
He had to man that man up. He had to bring that man to be responsible in front of seven or eight other men in the room that he needs to be responsible for what he thinks and responsible for what he says. That's maturity. Amen? So as, as we work through this, all kinds of things is... With this, I, as I was praying into this for you this, this morning, last night I was here at your prayer time, and as I walked and paced this place, I felt Holy Spirit said, Ken, you deliver this scripture to this house. So I deliver this scripture to you today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I say to you today, when I was a child, I did this, 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 and this, but now that I'm growing up, I don't do that anymore. Amen. Amen. Come on now. 1994, I prepared a message. I prepared messages throughout my life God's given me and never preached them. I don't know if there's any other pastor leaders in here. God's given you a message, never preached. So I put it in my file. So this year, I've, I've been speaking the whole year. I got 40 messages on joy. So you tell you, I saw you up there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, kid. It's the strength of my life. It's the strength of your family. It's the strength of everything you are. Is that not true? You take that, you hold on. I've been in there 242 times. I've heard that you've been raising money for a new sound system. Now it's the time, Father. Right now, we say thank you for your divine provision. <laughs> we, we, we're getting one now, too. And every time Tim takes the microphone, it, it coughs. and says, oh, it's now time to take an offering to get these things. And so we're replacing ours. But in 1994, I prepared, I prepared this slide right here that's uh, up on the screen. And, and I was just going through my files this year. And I was working on joy all year. And last, last November, December, he said, I, I, this is the title of the message that I had, 1994, it says, give me your heart. And I said, uh, I said to the Lord, what are you saying? He says, you're going to release that sometime this year. So I've been waiting for a year to release it. So this morning's the time. Amen. Give me your heart. I believe that Holy Spirit is after the heart of this house. He's after the very core of the core of the core of the core of the core, core, core. Amen? Maybe even this week there'll be some spiritual heart transplants that will happen in this house. Maybe there will be some spiritual bypasses that the Lord's going to create in the heart of this house so that the blood can flow freely. So that your strength will return so that we can do the things that we couldn't do. So let me go back to that thing. It says here, the key to maturity is kingdom is a surrender of our heart to the king of the kingdom. If you agree with that, could you shout amen? amen. There are two words I want to work on for the next couple of minutes. Number one is sacrifice and the other is surrender. And if you and I are going to walk with God and we're going to walk in maturity, there must be the full surrender of our heart to the sacrificial kingdom principles of the kingdom of God. Sacrifice and surrender are essential to everything that we do. Let's have a look at this. This is a scripture we're taken out of Proverbs, and you can find it there for yourself. I'm going to read it for you. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. Is there any amens in the room from some dads or granddads? Listen to this, moms and dads. May your father and your mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. Everyone here, would you not want to bring rejoicing to your mother? It's a part of our maturation. It's something a child left of themselves brings their mother shame. My son says, give me your heart and let your eyes keep my ways. People of God, we're going to end this service today with a song in just a moment or two. The title of the song is Only Jesus. I'm going to ask you to respond to this song however it comes to you in your heart. We're going to turn it up. We're going to listen to it. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit 
to do his work because I believe that God in these 12 principles, these 12 values is really after the core of 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 the inner core of the center part of the heart. Is anybody interested in, in giving him our heart afresh this morning? Anybody there? I am. I'm right there. I'm saying, well, God, would you help me? So as we, as we move on this, I'm just going to skip by that. And we're going to move on to this. Principles of the kingdom of God. This is the last slide. We'll move on. Let's look at this together. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, I forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Now, when we're working on maturity in our life, some of the things that if we're going to get to where we need to go, we're going to have to forget some of the things that are behind. How many like to forget some of the things that are behind you? Some of them would love to, to work on us and bring us down, so we need to forget that. I press towards the goal, that's maturity, to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ. So that's that vertical momentum, that upward momentum. All of us, then, who are mature to say, should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. Isn't that a neat little verse that's in there? There's nobody in this house that thinks differently, is there? I hear Kevin saying, hold on, on his, on his presentation. Yeah, I'm, you may not just think the same way about this, but I'm going to just offer my opinion, you know, and my perspective on this. Because there's diversity of thinking in the room. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit, when a person speaks a message, can you imagine? He can take a message he's given to a man or a woman and bring it to two to three to four to five thousand people and feed everybody. The Holy Spirit's at work in this room, disseminating the word into each one of our hearts, minds, and spirits. We say, he is? Yeah, he's here. He's a great disseminator of the universe. He takes one message, and he's able to feed everybody something. That's why I say to people, don't take notes of what I'm saying. Take notes of what God is saying to you, because that's the real message this morning. Is that not true? So what is God saying to you, you and I this morning? Colossians 1.28, it says this, uh, he is one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. As a spiritual leader, one day I'm going to have to give account for the body of Christ that I've led. The difference between the shepherd and the sheep is this. You'll never give account for the shepherd, but the shepherd will give account for you. That's why we receive a stiffer judgment. Those who teach the word of God are going to receive a stiffer judgment. There's going to be a judgment seat of Christ. You've heard about tears that are going to be there and someone's going to wipe the tears from our eye. I believe that's the tears of grief. Because we have to give an account. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, let those that are shepherds among you give account with joy and not with grief. So I don't know what that scene is going to be like, but I've been in Corinth I've sat on what they thought was the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ in Corinth and reenacted what it's going to be like to come before the judgment seat of Christ to have my life laid bare. You say, is that going to happen? Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. And we're going to be rewarded for the things that we've done in the body, whether good or bad. We're going to have to give an account for the things that we've done, whether good or bad. How many understand that that day's coming? Anybody? This one. You know, I had curfews when I was a kid. When I was in high school, I had to be in at 11. If I didn't, the doors were shut. I spent many a night at my brother's couch. Graduated from high school. I'm now in college. I'm out of the city living. I, my curfew went to 12. Every time I'd come home, my father would be sitting in the corner waiting for me. I had to give an account. Children don't want to give account to their parents these days. Mind your own business. It's my room. It's this, it's that. You're not mature. You're immature. That's immaturity. Kids that don't take care of their bedrooms and parents that allow them to keep their bedrooms a mess, that is total immaturity. You're teaching them absolutely nothing. Moms, you're working yourself to the bone, cleaning up over, after your children. You're allowing maturity to literally run rampant in your home. That's unacceptable. We're not growing them up into anything but to be a, a, probably a wife abuser. Because maybe the person that they marry wants nothing to do with that kind of cleaning up after me. Because of the mess that I leave as a grown-up man and expect my wife. That's total immaturity. Absolutely flippant immaturity. We clean up after ourselves. Is that, it's awfully quiet in here just now in the last 60 seconds. 
Let us go on. Let's grow. Let's grow up into Christ, who is the head. And we'll begin to mature. And, and as, we, as we work together to become, we're going to present people fully mature in Christ. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I can't wait to see what that day is going to be when we have an opportunity with the saints and the leaders of fivefold ministry gifts. And, we, and we're in that accountability session and we're reporting to Jesus and, and all these things. There's going to be grief and there's going to be joy at the same time that's happening. I'm going to give an account. It says here, let perseverance finish his work that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. Anybody interested in that? On to the next slide here. This is a picture. It's a picture of the human heart. Natural heart, the natural size of the heart. My heart is about the size of my fist. That's about the size of my heart. Right there. Then you've got enlarged heart. And when a woman is pregnant many times, her, her heart gets enlarged. There are different times in life. And then there, my, my mother had an enlarged heart, and that's what caused her to pass away. The enlarged heart. David said the troubles of my heart are enlarged. So he had an enlarged heart because of the troubles he was facing as a, as a leader. Can I go back to that? Thank you very much. And uh, so the normal heart, every one of us have a heart. And I'm going to ask you today to move from the natural heart to the spiritual heart and to give ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ in a brand new way. Now, this is a, in 2018, one of our ladies in the church, I was talking on the heart or something, and she had a picture of the heart, so she drew this. And she put uh, all the heart scriptures all around this because he's wanting us to love him with all of our heart. He wants us to sing and make uh, music in our heart unto the Lord. He wants us to be pure in heart. Know my heart, O God. And uh, all these other things that, that the word of God says about our heart. So I end this message and, and this series that you've been working on now for many weeks. Coming to say yes. Not to me. Not to the church, but the head of the church. Jesus, he's coming for your heart, church. I can almost guarantee it. Jealous for your time, for your heart. He's jealous. He is longing. Lift your hands to him this morning. Could you do that? No more arguing. No more challenging you, God. Submit. May this house joy the celebration of surrender. May this church in this community be known by its heart's capacity. Enlarge the heart of this ministry. I pray over the worship team this morning in Jesus' name that you would enlarge every one of their hearts by the power of the Spirit. That you'd bring them all into a new place in you. That they'd begin to walk in dimensions of the spirit that they've not ever walked. I thank you, Father. Let from the center of their heart, the issues of their heart, let the psalmist begin to rise up and begin to sing and make melody in their hearts unto the Lord. Let there be a release, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, I thank you for this house. And Father, today we surrender. And we say yes. I say yes. If I could give anyone a tip this morning. That's how we mature. We say yes. But what if I don't understand? Oh, I've been there many times. People just say yes. And we'll understand later. He's looking for the yes. He's going for the gold. Yes. Can we say yes to the Lord this morning? Can we say it corporately? Yes, Lord. Yes. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Yes. Yes. Still having a hard time. Yes. Can we as a body, this full body, lift your voices up to the Lord like a trumpet and just tell him, yes, Lord. Why is it that as children in life, 
we learn to say no before we learn to say yes. He's looking for you. Is yes. Maybe you could all look at me if you would just for a moment, not to be narcissistic. But he's saying yes to you. If you can have a yes, a yes. If you can have your yes, you have his yes. Can you imagine for a moment how the kingdom can expand through you? We embrace all 12 values. Maturity should be number one, number four, number eight, and number 12. <laughs> but the bridge of trust is maturity. Uh, what, sure, it's, all, it's all about growing and maturing. And I believe that you're set for a fresh impetus of the Spirit of God as you move into his preferred future for you as a body. How many are ready to receive his preferred future? This, lift those hands right up. Raise them. His preferred future. You ready for his preferred future? You won't be coming at 10 after 10. You'll be sitting in the parking lot. Come next week. Come with anticipation. You bring the anticipation. God is here. The worshipers are prepared. And when you meet, give God your yes. They give God your yes. And watch what he's going to do. Amen. Father, I stretch my hands as a friend to this house. You have given me great affection for these people. And it's nothing more than your affection for them. So I relate this message on maturity today because it doesn't mean that I'm there. But I'm going on. Like this body, we're going on to completion. We're moving forward to be more mature than we were yesterday. And I thank you, Father, that everyone in this house, we lay aside our childishness and our childish ways. We stand tall as men and women of the Most High God. We raise our children with these principles and values. And if we'll train up our children in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from what they've been trained in. So we welcome the return of the prodigal to this house. <laughs> Those that need to return and say, yes. I've been wondering. Let there be a restoration of those that have walked away. Briko misapro koriamashata. Let there be a restoration of those that have walked away. And even those in the room this morning that are present, but they walked away in their spirit. Oh God, let there be the drawing of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And let yes come out of their mouth without them even thinking about it because it's what their heart is really saying. I thank you, Father, to go for the gold in this house. In Jesus' name. And I speak blessing over every family, over every single person, over every child, over every young person in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise and we say thank you for all the good things that you have done for us. Could everyone in this house, could you lift up your hands in this sanctuary and could you lift up your mouths with it and could we give them about a minute or two of just praise and thanksgiving? Go ahead and give them praise.
I believe as a house, as we come into our maturity, we'll also as a house come into the fullness of God's calling and purpose for us as a collective people. I've had so many people say to me over the years that uh, this church just seems ready to explode. That we're just scratching the surface. That there's so many phrases that people have handed to me and said, I, you know, I just believe God wants to do so much more and I agree. And as we walk out our own maturity together, we'll be unstoppable. And Holy Spirit will bring about everything that he wants to do because he can do it when a heart has said yes to him. And when a collective heart says yes, then all heaven can break loose. Amen? Hallelujah. I know it's late. I know there's kids standing out in the hallways, probably running around the parking lot. And I'm just kidding. We don't let them do that. Relax. Uh, but... Um, and I know you need to go. But if you want to just wait in the presence of the Lord, we encourage you to do that. If you need to get your kids before they, you know, tear the class apart or something, then go ahead and do that. But I want to pray just a, a prayer of, as a father, I want to pray a prayer over your growing heart, your maturing life. And I want to just bless you today. Father, I thank you for these people. They're your children, your hymn, your house. And Father, I just pray a blessing over every one of them. Father, I thank you for the calling for us to be children of God who grow into maturity and become fathers and mothers of the kingdom. And that we're able to lead other people into maturity in the kingdom. And I pray today, God, as a father, that you would call each one of these, your precious children, into that place of being a father and a mother in the kingdom of God. Father, giving their lives down, laying their lives down, saying yes to you as often and as frequently and in every situation that we can so that, God, you can do your yes in the hearts of those that you bring around about us. Father, I thank you for them today, and I release Father, anointing on every life. <laughs> Father, that they would be the fathers and mothers you've called them to be. And that together, Lord, we would lead people into a place of freedom and maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.